Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Good Earth Podcast. This is Jake Martin again with Christians on Campus, and today I'm here with Michael. Hi, everybody. It's good to be back together. So, at least at Wright State, we're getting pretty close to the end of the semester. I know Sinclair Community College is not that far behind, so it's there's a light at the end of the tunnel, and I uh, hope that y'all are doing well, catching up on uh, any missed assignments and with your exam preparation, and we've been handing out a few care packages. So, yeah, we're excited about that. We're excited to see the end of the semester and getting close to the end of this series of the Bible study. Yeah, and uh, this is always maybe the stressful time of the semester for most of our students. Some, I think, appreciate finals week because it's the the week you don't have to go to classes and you get to kind of create your own schedule. I was one of those students, but... I know a lot of students aren't quite like that because finals week is like judgment day. And so you definitely need the comfort. May the comfort abound to all of you students out there who are (laughs) in the uh, second category of judgment day is fast approaching. May the Lord be your comfort as you have to face that final judgment. And may the Lord grant favor to you that you can have straight A's. I guess one encouraging aspect, if if you do fall into the category of the judgment day, like exams being judgment day, is there was one testimony I heard of a, a Christian brother who he knew he didn't prepare enough for this exam, and he knew he's probably going to get a 10 out of 100 or a 3 out of 100, and he just prayed to the Lord, Lord, even if that's all I get, I want to spend this exam with you. I want this to be an eternal exam. And he did. He failed, but he enjoyed being in the Lord's presence. So that's available to all of us. Whatever the outcome, of course we want to do well, but if not, at least we can enjoy the Lord's presence and enjoy the Lord's speaking, which is what we're, what we've been talking about in this Bible study series. On the third week now, we went from God speaking through the Word of God, God speaking as the Spirit of God, and now God speaking through the body of Christ. Yeah, and you know, maybe this might be disappointment to some of us, this speaking, God speaking. Usually God doesn't speak if we ask him, hey, which which answer to the question? Is it A, B, C, or D? It's usually not. Usually the Lord has to, uh, he, he speaks based upon our preparation. So for for the, um, the, the school exams, we just have to take care of, of, uh, of doing our assignments. But like you said, it's good if we failed a little bit or we you know are behind the the ball we still invite the lord in even if we're going to bomb the test the lord is is so wonderful he's still he he's still willing to just be there with us and take that exam with us but i think this when we come to this matter of the the lord speaking through the body of christ it's it gets really you know really personal but also it it really helps us to have a, a maybe a renewed view of the ones the lord has placed around us because oftentimes the ones the Lord has placed around us, sometimes we have the most maybe friction or the potential of offenses or struggles. But in the body of Christ, we we shouldn't exercise too much preference because the the Bible tells us that God has placed us. He's placed us as members in his body where where he sees fit. He's the head, and we it we do really well to recognize his his headship and his placing and honoring that placement in the way that we we need to forgive one another and when there 
begins to be friction or begins to be something that would cause us to back away from another fellow member of the body of Christ, we should we should apply the you know the Lord forgave, so we should forgive. And sometimes that's a process because you know even though we all are you know as Christians we're we're all saved and we're all you know freed from our old life. Sometimes that. That old life creeps back in, and, and we we can we can hurt one another, and we can really, you know, make some pretty big wounds, and and even our fellow members, our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. But we need to let the Lord come in, let the Lord come into the midst of that friction, or so that there can be the the restoration of of a relationship, so that there could be the restoring of fellowship, like we covered in the last podcast the flow of the, the life of Christ that is in all the members of the body of Christ. And that the more we are exercised to forgive and to stay open to one another, the more we, we discover God's placement is perfect and everything I need is right here. I might not have realized it, and even I might have fought against it, but the more I've come to honor it, the more it has come to meet my need, and it, it's come to meet needs that I didn't even wasn't even that conscious I I, I needed or I or I had. This uh, this topic of maintaining the fellowship of the body of Christ and having the same care for all the members of the body of Christ. That's another verse that's I think in First Corinthians. This is that all the members of the body would have the same care one for another. So we don't have a preference. We don't like one member above the other. At least we don't want to. You know, we're in a process, right? The Lord is renewing our mind and helping us. But yeah, this matter of forgiveness, you made me think of Michael, uh, Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 18, and it's verses 15 through 20. Verse 20 is, is pretty familiar to most believers. It says, wherever there are two or three gathered into my name, there I am in their midst. But what's really interesting about this verse is it's in the context of a, a member of the body of Christ who offended another member of the body of Christ. And, you know, it says, if your brother sins against you, go reprove him between you and him alone. If he hears you, you've gained your brother. But if he does not hear you, take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to hear the church, also let him be to you, just like the Gentile and the tax collector. And then two verses talking about praying to bind and loose what has been bound and loosed in the heavens. And then verse 20 that we know that he's gathered in our midst. So it's pretty special. The the context of that verse 20 is in the context of restoring fellowship between members of the body of Christ because you realize that Yes, your brother may have offended you, or you might have even been the one to offend the other, but whether you're the one that needs to go and seek for that person to to realize they need to ask your forgiveness, or whether you need to be the one to forgive, the purpose is to have the fellowship. The purpose is to maintain your relationship between the other members of the body of Christ, because you realize God speaks through the body of Christ, and we want to still have God speaking even through the others. Yeah. You know, one thing that has helped me along this line of forgiveness and is the one that's conscious of the offense actually should go forward. And even if that, oftentimes, that means it's the one who got offended. 
usually the one that offends, not all the time, but usually the one who offends isn't that conscious. But when you, when you are, are, are in the, I just got offended, you're really conscious of it. And that's the one that should come forward. And that's really difficult. It's really difficult to be the one who has the offense because you're afraid if I go to this person, I might, you know, I might act out on this offense rather than accomplishing forgiveness. I compound the offense. But this is where we really have to go to the Lord first. And we really have to experience the Lord and the Lord's forgiveness and even the Lord's heart for all the members of, of his one body. And as we come back to Christ and as we come back to we're members one of another, there's, there, there's something, we tap into something that is greater than just the, the offense or the, you know, the friction. And then we're able in that, in a loving heart to, to come even with a, a heart of restoring, like you said, restoring the fellowship, restoring the ability for these two members, myself and this other one, to be able to, to be what we really are, members one of another, and in this, then we can continue the, the fellowship. And maybe through that, there's a, a special speaking. And it's, it's, a real, it's a real benefit to go to one who, who has done the offense and to bring them, give them the opportunity to apologize. Now, we can't force anyone to apologize, but at least we could give them the opportunity. And that's not an excuse to not forgive someone. You know, even if they aren't willing to repent, we still should just exercise the forgiveness of Christ and just forgive them. So that way on our side, there's no, there's no friction, no frustration to the fellowship. But this is, I don't know, we didn't plan to get into this matter, but this is really wonderful. You know, if we're going to have the speaking of the Lord in the body of Christ, we really have to take care of of offenses. And these are just really very practical things that there's just no way to avoid because we, we, we just have a lot of friction. We're just, we all have different inclinations and preferences. And when we come together, which we have to do, even the life of Christ within us is, is, is gathering us together. The church is the gathering, the ecclesia. That's, that's just the, the, the Christian life. The church life is just a together life. But the more that we're together, the more we find, man, I'm not, not, not able to get along with people like I used to. But this then affords us that, that wonderful experience of, of knowing Christ and his forgiveness and then really experiencing the flow of the life of Christ in and out of us that just takes away all those disturbances, all those frustrations, all those barriers. Yeah, I think most of us would prefer to just never have this struggle. And that's why sometimes we're tempted to walk on eggshells with each other or maybe not be yourself fully because it's like, well, man, if I myself, I might, I might offend someone else. But if by the Lord's mercy, we just kind of relax and we're not seeking to offend anyone. We're not going out of our way to hurt feelings, but we just be who we are in the Lord. We will offend someone else. They will offend us. We just ask forgiveness and then we also seek to forgive, then we have a wonderful sweetness and fellowship with one another that really is so much better than just being nice to each yeah. other, you know? 
It's not just like a, a cultural good manners, which, yeah, I mean, we need to be raised with that kind of culture. But eventually Christ begins to replace that kind of culture. And we genuinely know one another. And then we genuinely are who we are. We make room. There's another verse in Second Corinthians. Make room for us. We yeah. make room for one another based upon who those members are in the body. You know, even our willingness to go to the one that offended us in meekness actually is the Lord speaking to them. I can just say it from my own experience as one who has offended others. When, a, when, when the member that I offended was willing to come to me in, in meekness and speak something to me to help me. Because, you know, when you, when you offend people, you need help. And when they were willing to render that help by just simply letting me know, hey, what you said really hurt me. Or, you know, when you did that, it really bothered me. That, that afforded the Lord an opportunity to speak to me to help me realize, hey, Maybe I shouldn't speak that way. Maybe I shouldn't do that. Maybe I shouldn't put myself so high. Maybe I need to just let let go of my opinion or concept or preference for the sake of the body of Christ. And so that's a very that that just looking back on my own experience, that was the Lord's direct speaking. But it was the Lord's direct speaking through a member, but it was through um a frustration or an offense. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's so helpful to have that experience just to to not be afraid of one coming to you in this kind of a way because it really just helps you to experience the Lord. Yep. That's that's what we're all seeking to have is right. Yeah, I prefer never to hurt anyone's feelings, but if it happens, at least when that one comes to me, they bring the Lord speaking and it it helps me to experience the Lord, it helps me to know him more and have more experience of the body of Christ because we know in truth we are members one of another but as far as our experience of that that's always deepening we start somewhere and then over time we get more and more of an impression that we really are members one of another yeah maybe we can jump into then some of the verses that we read in the bible study on Thursday so we went to Romans chapter 12 to again just read some of what the Apostle Paul opened up to us as far as the revelation is concerning the body of Christ. So maybe I can read some of these verses. So starting in verse 4, he says, For just as in one body, this is Romans 12, 4, For just as in one body we have many members. So there he's using the physical body as, as his kind of framework. And all the members do not have the same function. And that's very apparent, right? Then those smells, the ears hear, the mouth speaks, the eyes see, the hand grabs things. But then in verse 5, it says, so we who are many are one body in Christ. And this is the wonderful thing is we are in Christ and in Christ we are one. Although we being many, yet we are one body in Christ. And then verse 5 continues, and individually members one of another. And then it's really good how it develops here. It says, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. So grace has been given to each individual member of the body of Christ. But that grace differs in how it is expressed, how the function comes out. And then he lists some things, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith or service 
let us be faithful in that service, or he who teaches in that teaching, or he who exhorts in that exhortation, he who gives in simplicity, he who leads in diligence, he who shows mercy in cheerfulness. So there you just see some, some description of the variety of functions of the members of the body of Christ. And all these, these, this func- these functions are a product of grace, which is, is Christ. Christ himself has been given to each one of us, and this Christ is grace. He is our supply to function in the body of Christ. I love that, that each member of the body of Christ has been given a, a measure of grace. There's a, another verse that also says we've each been allotted our portion of faith. And Peter said, all of our faith is equally precious. So we can't ever look at another member with a different function. Maybe my gift is in cheerfulness and another's is in mercy. I can't despise the one who's merciful because he's not so cheerful. Yeah. (laughs) Or, you know, we just kind of, we can't help but compare ourselves to one another sometimes. But if by the Lord's mercy, we can just be thankful for our portion of grace, be thankful for our measure of faith that the Lord has given to us. And it helps us really appreciate what you were sharing earlier, Michael, about God having placed us in the body, even as he willed. He might've made you the ear, And you would prefer to be the mouth because you think the mouth is more important. But according to God's sovereignty, you're the ear. And if you just can receive grace to be thankful for that, it's a blessed, it's a really blessed thing just to be who you are in the Lord according to how he has called you. Right. And even every individual function actually is dependent. It's not independent. The mouth can't speak independent of the body. In my, in my physical body, my mouth can't walk around wanting to speak. No, it is dependent. Its function is dependent upon all the other members of the body of Christ. So we really should never compare nor be jealous of one another because whatever function, whatever gift we have based upon the grace we've received is dependent on all the grace that all the other gifts have received. So we are functioning together in one body members of Christ, but members one of another, meaning we need the, we, our function really only takes place in the context of the member, member life, the one another life. And for this, we really need to have the love, you know, like the Lord told his disciples at, at the end, right before he's about to go to the cross, you know, the commandment, this is the commandment I give to you, that you would love one another. And even our loving one another is, even it causes the world to believe. It, it, it's the very thing that causes all the members to have the function and there's no rivalry because what I'm able to do, I'm actually not able to do. Only I'm in the body that is affording the supply and all the, the necessary components to release my gift. This word supply, it makes me think of what Paul said in Philippians. You know, Paul was, a, was and is a member of the body of Christ. The, the body of Christ is beyond space and time. So right. even we're members not just of other believers that are currently living on the earth. We're also members of 
Paul, Peter, John, James, all these brothers throughout, and ancestors, all the members throughout time, and even the ones to come. Paul was in prison. He was completing the word of God according to Colossians. God is, is speaking forth revelation into Paul, and so he has a big function in the body. He has a very important role, but he realized he is not on his own. He cannot exist independently of the other saints. And even he said, I know that for me, this will turn out to salvation. My being in prison will turn out to salvation through your petition and the bountiful supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, which is coming through the petition of the saints. He's there in prison. He's the one who's been commissioned to complete the Word of God, but he needs the saints to pray, to say, oh Lord, our brother Paul, he's in prison. Send the supply. Yeah. We send the supply. We just, oh Lord, we send encouragement. However they were praying, their prayer is enabling him to continue in such an important function. And we may never have something so significant as, I mean, we can't write anything further in the Bible. We might not be called to be an apostle. We might not raise up any churches, but our portion is indispensable. And even what we what we do in the body of Christ, we need the supply from the others. We need to pray for one another. Be There's another verse that says, bear one another's burdens. We need to bear one another in love, bearing their burdens so that each one's function in the body of Christ can be brought out. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, last podcast, we, we connected this matter of, of the, the Lord speaking to the body to fellowship. But I want to bring another term, actually. There's also the need for coordination. So all the members of the one body of Christ, they, they, we need to be coordinated together. We need to be harmonized so that what we're doing is, is together. Because apart from the coordination, it's very difficult to discover the body life. It's very difficult to really have a function that is in the body and that is dependent because we're just, you know, in our, in our natural birth and upbringing, we're just cultivated independent. We're cultivated to take something and go do something apart from the source. But that's not the Christian life. That's not... Christ came into you not to separate you. I mean, you just look at your genuine experience of Christ. You, 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 you received Christ... And now you have, you have to be dependent upon him. And not only on him as the head, but on him in your fellow members, or your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Even that's how the gospel comes to us. It mostly comes to us through an, another believer who, who, is, who is touched or moved by Christ, by his feeling to save and to reach. And that that gets communicated to you through through a fellow member, and then you get brought into this, into this one body, but now there's the need for us to pursue this in the way of be, being willing to coordinate, being willing to move together, not just take what we think or we might even know is our function, our gift, and just start. No, we should always Ask the Lord, Lord, join me. Lord, bring me into a coordination. Allow me to 
have this body life in, in a real practical way so that we're praying with others, we're, we're fellowshipping with others, we're allowing our burden to pass through others so that others can pick it up, so that it can be not just no longer me, but it's our, it's, it's the member's burden. It's, and it, and, and it's, it's the Lord's feeling even getting confirmed in, in his members, in his body. Maybe there's uh, two more words that I could bring. One we've already discussed is fellowship, which we could say is the reality of the body of Christ, the reality of the members being one of another and, and all under the headship of Christ. But then, like you were saying, Michael, if here's another word, practical or uh, practice or you know how we experience this. If, if we were never occupying the same space or never uh, communicating with one another or we never actually pray, maybe I'm burdened to carry out something and I never pray with you, our fellowship is a reality. The, the fellowship of the body of Christ is a reality, but whether we experience that or not, it, it's hard to experience that without ever having someone that you actually get together with and pray with and even yeah. in a consistent way, which is why um, I think it's so good you just bringing in this matter of coordination. Every member of the body of Christ has grace. Every member has faith. Every member has a gift. And it's so wonderful that each one of us would be brought into the function of that gift. Yeah. But that gift to actually, in space and time, function adequately with other members of the body of Christ, there's a need to have, have a practical coming together, praying together, mm-hmm. getting into the word together, doing things, even just to spend time together enables your gift to be brought in a practical way into the body of Christ. Yeah. And Paul is a, a real example of this. You know, Paul, he was the, I mean, he was the apostle that wrote half the New Testament, yet you read all of his epistles. He's always with others. He's always Paul and Timothy and Sylvanus, Paul and Timothy, and you know, there's always ones that he is traveling with, the ones that he is relying upon. Even though he had such a transcendent revelation, he even right when he was converted, he would immediately go to Jerusalem, even to to open up to the 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 original apostles there. What even what he had transpired, what he had what he had experienced, and even as he goes out to 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 preach the gospel to so many different places, then he would return again to Jerusalem to fellowship again what the Lord had done, always to keep this principle where we need the other members to balance us, to harmonize us, even to temper us, so that we wouldn't, you know, there's it, it looks ugly, you know, in a physical sense, if I just have this like massive bicep, but I have, you know, no other no, all the rest of my my muscles are just atrophied. That's not right. You know, we we need to grow together. <laughs> the body should grow proportionally, and so that's why we need to continually open to one another, fellowship with one another, have this togetherness, and even this functioning with one another. Even the first gospel message that Peter gave in Jerusalem, the the book of Acts in chapter two, it's chapter two or chapter four. It says Peter stood up, but he was with the eleven. So that again, the mouth the mouth was Peter there, but yet he was with the other ones. They were all standing together. It wasn't Peter's message. 
Yes, it was Peter's message, but it wasn't because he was standing with his, his brothers in Christ and they were, they were all functioning together that, that whatever afternoon or morning <laughs> to release the gospel to all those that had, had gathered in Jerusalem and that then were able to hear. Yeah, we do know that it, it was the morning that Peter was speaking this right. because the the men standing there they said, "Oh, these guys are drunk." But it's and then Peter said, "We're not drunk like you think. It's only the third hour of the day. Right. We've only been awake for a little while." The spirit is. This is what um, I think he quoted Joel, the the prophet. This is what God promised through Joel yeah. that the spirit would be poured out and we would speak. Peter's such an excellent example of this because, and we have to remember, all of these ones in the Bible, the ones who make the mistakes, we are just like them. Like, yeah. we learn from them because we are them. Peter, he was convinced, I will never deny the Lord. Even if all these other brothers who are with us, if they all deny you, I shall by no means ever deny you. Even if I have to die with you, Lord. And the Lord just told Peter, before the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times. <laughs> and then, yeah, later that actually took place. Peter was finally convinced, and he he wept bitterly because yeah. that concept got broken down. Yeah. It's like, that's right. I Lord, I can't follow you. I love you so much, and I want to follow you, but I can't, and I'm not better than the others. And But then it's this very same Peter with this traumatic failure who then saves he well he doesn't save he speaks a word through which god saves so many yeah and he's standing with the 11 he doesn't think of himself more highly than he ought to think right he's he knows he needs the brothers it's just it's very wonderful that peter is is our pattern here yeah. of we're just like him we think we're something we think we can do something the lord will allow us to fail and in his love for us and that causes us to realize I need the other members of the body of Christ. I cannot do what I think I can do without them. Yeah. Maybe we can also just, as we're kind of coming maybe to the end of our time, but just go to Paul's a, a conversion. And, you know, Paul is the only uh, writer of the New Testament that has this, that uses the phrase the body of Christ. And even uniquely, he has the revelation regarding the body of Christ, and it has a lot to do with how he got saved and particularly the interaction that he had with the Lord. And so I think this is a, maybe this would be a good just place to bring us back to, and then maybe we can cl conclude from here. So in Acts uh, chapter 22, we'd like to start, you know, Paul's conversion is recorded three times in the book of Acts. We might also go a little bit to Acts chapter 9, where it is it is recorded there also. But in, in chapter 22, starting at verse 7, it says, This is Paul. I fell to the ground and heard a voice say to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And I answered, Who are you, Lord? So this is the first question we want to draw your attention to. Paul asked this question, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord himself answered. And he said to me, I am Jesus, the Nazarene, whom you persecute. But even in his direct answer, we are actually brought to the believers because Paul, didn't, as far as we're aware, did not directly persecute Jesus in the flesh. He only rose up to persecute the believers that were produced after Christ's death and resurrection. But the Lord said, you persecute me. 
I am Jesus whom you persecute. So this was a window. This was a revelation to Paul, to, well, Saul at this time. Um, hmm, wait, I'm touching believers who are calling on your name, yet the one who just appeared to me from the heavens, he just said, I'm persecuting him. Okay, so then it, it continues, and those who were with me beheld the light, but did not hear the voice of the one who spoke to me. And I said, what shall I do, Lord? So this is the second question. So the Lord asked, who are you, Lord? And then or Saul asked, who are you, Lord? And then Saul asked, what shall I do, Lord? And it's interesting here, the Lord does answer, but he answers in a, in a particular way. And it says, this is verse 10, and the Lord said to me, rise up and go into Damascus, and it will be told to you concerning all the things which you have been appointed, which have been appointed to you to do. So the Lord didn't answer this directly, but he directed Saul to rise up and go into Damascus. And then there was something that the Lord was preparing in another member of the body of Christ to to come, and maybe I'll I'll hand it over to you, Jake. You can take it from there. Yeah, this is a good place to go ahead and switch over to Acts 9. Again, this is, it's the same, it's two different renderings of the same account. Now you, we see a little bit this other member of the body of Christ perspective, Ananias, who was the one who met Saul and had him be baptized. So Acts 9, 10, I'll start there and we'll see how far we go. So it says, and there was a certain disciple in Damascus named Ananias. And the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Rise up and go to the lane called Straight, and seek in the house of Judas a man from Tarsus named Saul, for behold, he is praying. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and laying his hands on him, so that he may receive his sight. Well, right here, this is our first glimpse Paul became blind after that vision, and the Lord did not restore his sight directly. He did have the Lord speaking directly to him, but for his sight to be restored, he needed Ananias to come and lay hands on him to be identified with him and even identify Paul with the body of Christ, and then he could see. So, But Ananias was worried. He answered, Lord, I've heard from Many concerning this man, how evil, how many evil things he has done to your to your saints. Okay, Ananias did not say how many evil things he's done to you, Jesus in the flesh, but how many evil things he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call upon your name. So Paul is walking around Jerusalem, and if he hears any person say, Lord Jesus, or oh Lord Jesus. As soon as that, that one calls on the name of Jesus, Saul says, okay, arrest that one. We're going to deliver that one to the Sanhedrin. So this is what Paul is doing, or Saul. And then the Lord said in chapter 22 of Acts, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Mm-hmm. So it's very clear when, when Saul was persecuting the Christians, he was persecuting Jesus himself. And Jesus, as he's restoring Saul from being this this kind of a person, first he reveals himself, but then all the rest of his speaking comes through another member of the body of Christ. The very ones that he had been persecuting, these are the ones that come to him to baptize him and welcome him into the body of Christ. And to go back to 22, I love how when when Ananias comes, it says says that he... He stood by and said to to Saul, 
brother. And I appreciate that because I, I like to refer to my fellow believers as brothers and sisters, right? That's what we really are. We're in the family of God. And so this one who was a persecutor, who was a hater of the, the believers, now was being received into the fellowship of the one body of Christ. So Ananias came and he said, receive your sight. And in that hour, he looked up at him. And then Ananias led him to be baptized. So wonderful that there, there was even, you know, Jesus from the heavens could have done all this. He could have answered so clearly, you know, these two questions. But it's a beautiful thing that he didn't because as the head of the body, he was raising up his, his body and he was perfecting all of his members to, into this reality, into this, this is real. The body of Christ is not something that's going to happen one day. We are today members of the body of Christ. Christ is the head, and we are all members one of another. And we need to be willing to go to one another and even to be the Lord speaking, not to put ourselves above anybody. And that speaking, like we've been talking the last two weeks, it doesn't contradict the word. Actually, that's how we speak to one another. How does the Lord speak through the members of his body, the members of his body get filled up with the word, with the, with, with the, the, the constant word in the scriptures and also the, the constant word that is, that is alive, that is, that is rhema to us. That, that then becomes the living word that we pass on. And oftentimes that's our experience. We have this time with the Lord. We're in his word. The word comes to us. The word even meets a need in us, but that, that, that word isn't meant to just meet your need. It's meant to be received and to then be passed on. And so maybe the final verse we want to bring everyone to is Ephesians chapter 3, verse 2, where Paul, actually it's in Ephesians and in Colossians, but in, uh, in Ephesians 3, 2, Paul says, in, if indeed you have heard of the stewardship of the grace of God, which was given to me for you. And we want to leave you with this phrase, to me for you. This is what we, this is what we need to, 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 to live under. Everything to me for you, to me for you. We are in this relationship. We're with the Lord. We're, the Lord is to us. The Lord is giving so much to us. Grace is, keep, is just flowing in us. But that grace needs to be to me for others. So we need to always be looking, even as we go forth in our day, what, which ones, Lord? What's the, it's for who, for who, for who? And we, we would not, we would just speak the, the little word, the little, the little scripture, the little phrase from the Bible that caused there to be some joy, some refreshing in our heart. We just pass it on so that grace keeps flowing in the body of Christ. And we really hope that this podcast has been a supply to you also. This is our attitude even in producing these episodes is we have grace coming to us for you. So yeah, we hope we can impart this, this uh, vision into you all that whatever you're receiving from the podcast. It is for your own edification. It is for your own growth in Christ. But we hope that it wouldn't just remain with you, but that you also would be able to speak these things into other members of the body of Christ, other believers in Jesus, so that they can enjoy the grace that has been given to you for them. So we hope that you have enjoyed this episode. And if you did, 
Please like, share, subscribe to, and review this podcast. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you for the next episode. Mm-hmm.